Hello and welcome to the V for Various podcast with me, Tim Previtt. Now, it's that time of year where if we weren't all on tenterhooks due to the impact of the COVID-19 virus, we'd be thinking about our summer holiday plans. And as we all know, not all holiday plans go to plan, no. In 2017, a friend took a family holiday to Cuba and ended up having to barricade themselves in the hotel room as Hurricane Irma barreled across Cuba, having prevented them getting their flight home, or, as Deborah put it, two-week holiday in Cuba ended up with a hurricane Irma hitting the resort of Varadero where I was, and the saga of trying to get home with the tour operator. So I asked Deborah, why go on holiday to Cuba near the peak of the hurricane season? Um, well, in the six weeks holidays, um, school, it was time um, my husband can get off work and myself. And to be honest, we normally go away in the summer, the last week in August, first week in September, roughly. I've been to Florida and the Caribbean previously in this roundabout this time. So it, you don't expect... Category 5 hurricane. So why Cuba? Where in Cuba? And how did you find it? I'm basically a committed socialist and I wanted to see socialism in action. Okay, so what was Cuba like? Did it match your expectations? It was beautiful. Um, It's a lovely country. Um, The people are really nice. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. The hotel where we stayed was called the Ibra Star Varadero. And that was, um, it's on TripAdvisor, it's either the first best or second best hotel in Varadero. Um, it's the best Ibra Star one in Varadero. We were lucky. It was a beautiful hotel. We never had any stomach upsets. They also seem to suggest that there's never any toilet paper in Cuba. <laughs> there was loads. Even when I went on the day trip, I took some and he didn't need to. Um, it was clean, friendly. And people also say... It's not like um, five-star resorts in other areas. It's comparable to other five-star Ibra stars I've been. I've been to one in Jamaica and I've been to one in Mexico and it's comparable. The beaches are beautiful. The hotel was on the beach because basically Varadero, it's a a peninsula and it's a strip and there's all hotels on it. And as you go along the strip, then you come to, like, the mainland. Mm-hmm. And that's where, like, Varadero town itself is. When did you know that a hurricane was coming? The Tuesday um, before, we, um, we'd we been on our uh, Three Cities day trip. And we got back to the hotel at 8pm Cuba time. And I switched my phone on with the Wi-Fi. And I'd had various texts and a phone call off my brother in England panicking saying that there was this um, hurricane coming. Now, um, we went back up to the room and we put CNN on because that was the only English news channel. Um, Obviously, it was banging on more about Florida, but it was saying that it was coming to Cuba and it was um, very frightening. So I'd actually rang my brother and he said, you must try and get a flight out. Um, So obviously, I looked on the internet and said, you know, the same thing. So the next day, the Wednesday morning, I went to see the Rep Javier and I said to him, I'd like a flight home. This hurricane's coming. You know, we don't want to be here. And Javier said, oh, it's no problem. I said, it won't come to Varadero. He said, and if it does, we'll send a flight out for you. So uh, there was no point shouting at Javier. It was 
mm-hmm. wasn't going to achieve anything. So I thanked him for his time and I toddled to the pool to tell my husband. And I still wasn't happy. So I rang the tour operator's number. I think it's for help when you're actually in Cuba. So I rang them. And the person I spoke to said, oh, yes, there is a chance of a flight home on the Thursday. If you ring this number, our duty office, which is in England, mm-hmm. they'll be able to help you out. So I rang the duty office, which is manned 24 hours a day. The lady said, unfortunately, that's not the truth. We've no flights home. You're going to have to basically stick it out in your hotel. What can you say to that? So, obviously, we tried not to discuss it in front of the children. I mean, my daughter's 18, so, well, she's an adult, but my son is 12. He's autistic, so panicking. But when the only thing they're watching on the telly is the English language news... Okay. ..they know what was going on. So, it was like, what we're going to do? So, the, that's, the Thursday was the rep's day off. They sent, um, so we didn't see, we didn't see Javier until it was time to come home. But they sent um, special assistance people out on the Wednesday. Because why they didn't send anybody at home on the flight that brought them in, I don't know. But there was people um, who were evacuated from the Coco Chaos, which is another part of Cuba that was going to cop for it. So they were all in our hotel and then just chatting to people by the pool. These other people, holidaymakers, said, oh, there's a reps meeting. So anyway, eventually, when this meeting was, I went to the meeting, and she basically said you, what was going to happen on the Friday, etc. So I said to her at the end, I said, well, I only found out about this meeting through speaking to another holidaymaker. What's that all about? She said, oh, well, it was, I said, why didn't you have a notice up or even go around the pool saying, you know? And she said, oh, well, I just thought word of mouth, tell a few people. By this point, basically, the hotel, when we first got there, there was a few other English people, but the vast majority, there was Canadians, but the vast majority were South Americans. And they all got evacuated. Bar, you probably think by the odd couple of Canadians or whatever who didn't mm-hmm. want to go, but if they wanted to go, they were sent home. And we're and then all we got was more English people from other hotels evacuated to us. So it was so it was to be fair though it was a bit of a, like camaraderie in the end. But, bit spirit. Uh, yeah. Do you know it sounds daft, but it was in a way because people were saying, "Well, we've heard this and we've heard whatever." So they gave. So at this meeting as well, they told us what was going to happen. That basically from ten o'clock that night, that we had to stay in the rooms, mm-hmm. um, and we couldn't come out until we were told to. But they would bring us food and water, and the maid had brought water. But as I say, the maid said, "There's your water. <laughs> See you. I'll be back Monday." And so that was it. What were your instructions from the hotel? Stay in your room, you couldn't come out, to keep away from the windows. They had put tape on the window, like mm-hmm. across St Andrew's Cross, I think it was masking tape or whatever. Um, shut the nets and the curtains, keep away from the windows, and um, if it got really bad, barricade yourself in the bathroom, where you should fill the bath with water in case the water went off in the toilet and whatever so you could wash and use it to flush do you feel your travel company kept you informed no and i think to be honest tim that was the most irritating upsetting and annoying thing 
was the lack of communication. It was from, we only found out by chance that the flight home on the Friday had been postponed. We were told it was going to be the Saturday. The time of the Saturday got changed mm-hmm. about three or four times and it was moved to the Sunday. And at this, by this point, we knew we weren't going home because we'd see it from the internet and off the telly that it was going to hit us where we were. So we knew, but they were just not telling us. And I don't know whether they were... I wouldn't like to speculate whether they were deliberately not telling us mm-hmm. or they just were incompetent. Sometimes I think maybe... <laughs> They weren't not telling us because of fear of the reaction. Yeah. Because they said that they had that many customers in queue, but it wasn't viable to bring us all home. So they just left us there. How did you feel as the hurricane approached? I was frightened to death. We tried, and so was my husband, we tried not to show it in front of the children. The thing was, we were in one room, and the children were in a room. They had the room next door. Now, at one point... It, it was raining heavy before the winds had started and it was raining quite heavy. And the children's room had flooded through the ceiling because it was like... It, it, in our hotel, the rooms were all in blocks. Ground floor, first floor, second floor. Um, and we were in block 16. And so I managed at this point, the telephone lines were still working, to ring reception to say, the children's... Um, room is flooded what should we do and they said oh well they've got another room but it's in block 15 do you want to be moved there and I said you are actually joking I said what mother would have the children moved to another block when there's a big storm coming and they'd be frightened and obviously you want so I declined I said I'll put I'll put the children in with us that was that then our room flooded through the air conditioning water was coming down um, through the patio windows, it was flooded. Through the room door, it was flooded. And you were on the first floor, was that right? We were on the first floor. So we, because they took, they took everybody. They removed everybody from the ground floor. Mm-hmm. But this was on the first floor because the rain and the wind, it was just driving in, and it was flooding. Okay. Yeah. So heaven knows what it might be like if you had to be on the ground floor. They, yeah. But the part of the advice was to get off the ground floor. Yeah, the, the, the room, everybody who had a ground floor room was moved before the storm started into a higher floor. Mm-hmm. So Wow. It, that was frightening, but we had put a lot of our stuff into the suitcases anyway, just in case, to be honest, just in case. But our, they had staff who had stayed on site who lived in they were coming round with food and at one point they'd come round with food and I got the lad and I said look I mean their English was better than my Spanish which mm-hmm. is non-existent and I said to him look we're flooding I said we can't stay here and in each block they had a room where they'd put a lot of food as well as what they were bringing around it had candles in it and then they had two rooms where the helpers were so what these young Cuban men did was they gave up their room for us. So they went and bunked in with their comrades in the other room. So instead of like being four in their room, there were eight of them. But what they had to do is they had to drag us all individually, because this was at the height of the storm now. They had to drag us by the scruff of the neck. We just had to go in the clothes that we had on. I mean, I was in my pyjamas. I mean, my husband and my daughter had stayed dressed. But me and my son were in our pyjamas, as I thought I would be able to get to sleep. 
they mm. drag yeah, they dragged us into this other room. Um, as I say, we couldn't get our stuff, so all we had was what we were studying. And all he said to me was, this is the only telly in the complex where we can get a bit of a signal, and it was proper snowflakes. He said, do you mind if I just stay a bit just to listen? He said, so I can can find out what's happening with Varadero. So I was like, fine, no problem. So they he watched that, and then he went, and then he left us to it. And that was it till, like, 9 o'clock in the morning. But it was going really slow, apparently, the hurricane. Okay. Because we were stuck in there for about 30 hours. Did you have a, a, a hurricane moment? Did, did it pass over you where it was suddenly all really calm for a while and then the wall of the hurricane comes back over again? No, no? it was constant. Okay. It started in that the Friday evening, the wind were picking up. Then it went dark and it started raining and it just was... That went through to Sunday morning, was it? Sunday morning, about nine o'clock, it all cleared. Oh. And they wouldn't... And then people were trying to escape out of the rooms... And they had, you know, like like engineers in, you know, like in waterproofs with our dats on, and they kept sending people back to the rooms. The um, the tour operator's helper was in our block, and she'd come round and said, "We're going to have a meeting later on. They've managed to get the restaurant open, and it'll be open from eleven a.m. Mm-hmm. till eight p.m. And obviously, when everybody went at eleven, because everybody was starving, and it was busy. But we had paper plates. <laughs> but to be fair, they put on a, they put on proper food. They'd done really well. Was there much damage around the hotel? Yeah, all the all the trees and everything were down. What it was was the hotel. It's they have a main bit. It's like a, where they have all the entertainment. Which part of it's open, but part of it isn't. And all that, the lighting, the rigging had all come down. Mm-hmm. It was like a lot of it looked like it was thatched. And all that had come off, tiles had come off, and then all the trees and everything was all everywhere. The pool had flooded high, and they had an ornamental pools as well. They were all high, and it was just water everywhere. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it was a mess. How long did it take to get home afterwards? The storm ended Sunday morning. Um, we were basically told Monday morning that they were trying to get flights going and then Monday afternoon we were told that we would be going Tuesday morning and mm-hmm. um, we were told the proper details then that the people who were on my original flight that was due out on the Friday would be going and then the people who'd been evacuated from the KOs they would be going as well but there'd be about an hour's difference so it was then, but it was all depending on, they said, the airport being back to normal, the damage of the airport, and also the say-so of the Cuban government. I mean, I think they tried to put a bit of blame onto the Cuban government, but they were doing, they're not going to want tourists not to go. They get a lot of money out of mm-hmm. it. But... Yes, vital. OK, and was the flight back straightforward? What a saga. <laughs> what happened was we were told that our flight would be, all in Cuban time, 11 a.m. 11 on the Tuesday morning. So we were told that we would be picked up at our hotel at 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. to be ready in reception. So I couldn't sleep properly, so I was up at four. My husband and the children got up at five. We were sat in reception. They'd opened the bar, so we all had a drink, Sprite or coffee or whatever. No food. 
So we got picked up at 6am, we got to Varadero Airport at 20 to 7, the airport was shut, there was no lights on, they eventually came to open it up about 8 o'clock. We checked in at 12, even though our flight was supposed to be at 11am, and as we check, we were checking in, they were told then the reps that the flight wouldn't be until the evening. Obviously we checked in and we were just waiting we eventually we took off at quarter past nine because they said that the computers were down or they, they couldn't get the flight manifest properly from England couldn't get it and it was causing problems so anyway we eventually took off at quarter past nine so from being at Varadero airport at 20 to 7 until taking off at quarter past nine in the evening all we got off the tour operator was a can of pop and a barn cake okay a balm cake is what, for those who may not know? Oh, a sandwich. A sandwich. Yeah. A, a roll, a bun, yeah. a cob. Uh... But soft. Yeah. There we go. A bit of a disambiguation on the meaning of balm cake. So, thankfully, there was no harm to Deborah and family during this unexpectedly dramatic holiday. Were you on Cuba or in the Caribbean when this happened? Do feel free to leave a comment or get in touch and let me know your story. And don't forget to subscribe to V for Various and explore other podcasts from Redshift Online. This first season of V for Various is edited material made up of shows broadcast originally as Redshift Radio and now edited for podcasts on demand for Redshift Online. Thank you for listening. My name is Tim Previtt. Do subscribe and catch more for V for Various podcasts as they come. Mm-hmm.